When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Two. I'm like the tower on the horn. Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig way out. Craig is trying to get back to Austin from Morgantown. We got any dispatches from Craig, Cameron? Of late? No. Nothing. Well, nothing lately. I think about an hour ago they were heading down the Yeah, the last one was about an hour ago that they were getting ready to roll out of Morgantown and then a 38-mile drive to Clarksburg, and then they would fly out from there. So uh, as far as our programming goes uh, here at the station, Cameron Cameron and I were just talking to Chad Hastings. By the way, Chad and Zay coming up at noon. Uh, they'll take you from noon to 3. We were talking to Chad during the break about kind of our programming setup. Uh we had been scheduled for a signing day roundtable at Pluckers on Wednesday. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, it's not going to happen today. And as far as our programming this evening on the horn, no Longhorn Blitz podcast, which normally would air at 8 o'clock because the studio that we use to record it has no power right now. And Longhorn Weekly, we're hopeful that Longhorn Weekly can get done, but we will keep you updated on the latest as it comes in on Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. We don't know. That's the, that's be, the latest. Scheduled to be tonight, 7 o'clock, Pluckers West Campus. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the day here on the Horn as to whether that's going to happen or not. I uh, think after all this inclement weather, the perfect way to celebrate making it through is some Pluckers. Beer bong? That's just true. Beer bong. Yeah. So last time you did a beer bong, Kim. Spring See, break, any, high school? We don't have any formats or anything, so we can just uh, just kind of riff just here. riff here? I, probably high school. High school? Yeah. All right, look at you. Keg stand, last time you did one of those? Definitely college for me with the keg yeah, stand. Yeah, probably. I may have done a beer bong at my wedding. I think I, I, yeah, I had my, one of my closest friend's wedding. We had, uh, it was the end of the night, the kegs, no one finished the kegs. We were like, well, what else are we going to do? Okay, what's the most inventive thing you've ever used to make a beer bong or seen a beer bong made with? That's a good question. Probably the, the $3 ones you buy off Amazon. We made one one time out of a road cone and a snorkel. <laughs> snorkel. Okay, I've, I've done snorkel before. Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty. pretty have you done, have you seen the, the helmets, you know, where you have the, the beer cans on the side? Oh, like the beer dispensing helmets? Yeah. Man, I've always wanted to try one of those, but no, I've, I've never tried it. I've seen it plenty of times. It just looks like a lot of fun. 
you know, looks like you see somebody walking through a party with the beer dispensing helmet or at your at your Super Bowl party coming up here in a couple of weeks. You see somebody coming in with the beer dispensing helmet like that dude knows how to party. There's also the ones where it's just like a cylinder around your head and they pour beer and it goes over your head. So you have to drink it or else you drown. Have you seen those? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something I would have been all about yeah. back in the day. So this, this is a perfect topic for the spec sex line. And unfortunately, we, we have don't no have access spec sex to line. it. Normally, normally you just text in 337-3776, but we'll give specs some love for uh, sponsoring the spec sex line. You know, anytime we talk about the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, uh, or mentioned Vaqueros, a wonderful sponsor here on the horn. That's one of the few times that I really miss Mac Brown not being the head football coach at Texas because I wish Mac Brown was here to do reads for Vaqueros because I've got, I'm like 99% sure he pronounced it Vaqueros. Go down to Vaqueros. With my scrum hoarseness, it's a horrible Mac Brown impression, but you can go down to Vaqueros and then visit a beautifully furnished casita. Kevin Dunn, I think, has the best Mac Brown impersonation I've ever heard. Chad Hastings has Jerry Jones down to it. He could do. He could do Jerry Jones for an entire show. I think Kevin Dunn could do Mac Brown. And I think Craig Way could do an Australian British. Have you heard Craig's Jerry Jones? I have not. It's a good. Craig's Jerry is really good. You just got to know the Jerry isms if you're going to do Jerry. Yeah. You got to, you know, fundamentally has to be in there a lot. And then you've got to do the back and forth. Well, we are, but we aren't, but we are, but we really aren't. Or something to that effect. The, the word trite has to be mentioned. Several times. I have a cough drop in my mouth, folks. That's why I sound my voice sounds a little muffled right now. So I apologize for that. Did you see what Jerry said yesterday? You're not a Cowboy fan, correct? Yeah, I, I know I am. And you know what? I heard Aaron talking about this this morning, but go ahead. I Well, there's honestly, oh, there's honestly a- two things. Anytime, anytime I see Jerry talking, I just try to avoid it like the plague. But we got nothing else to talk about, so enlighten me on what the owner and general manager of the Dallas football Cowboys sit at the senior bowl. So there, there's two quotes, um, one from his son, Steven. I think this is during their weekly radio show. Who I'd like to think is the sane one. You would hope so. Of the man in the Jones family. But this, this, his comment, he said he did not see a drop off this year from Ezekiel Elliott, who over his last five games was averaging. That's a total BS answer. Two yards per carry. That's a total BS answer. There's no way he believes that. There's no way he can believe that. And then Jerry said also yesterday that the Philadelphia Eagles put all their eggs in one basket this year. How? How did the Eagles put all their eggs in one basket? Young team. Got most of their star players under contract. It's not like the Nick Foles season where they kind of possibly found lightning in a bottle. I'm actually really concerned for what Nick Sirianni is going to do at Philadelphia for the next better half of the half yeah, decade. The Eagles rebuilt, and it pains me to say this as a Cowboys fan, the Eagles, and we're seeing the Giants do it, depending on what does or doesn't happen with Daniel Jones, the Eagles rebuilt the way you rebuild in the NFL. You get a young quarter, a good quarterback on a rookie contract, you fill in the pieces around him, yep. like you make a trade like you made for A.J. Brown, you draft well, you develop your draft picks, and... At some point, you hope you put yourself in a position to go make a Super Bowl. I felt like the Cowboys' window with Dak Prescott was really like twenty, you know, twenty sixteen to to twenty eighteen. That Just was like it was with Hurts, right? Yeah. Hurts his first three four years of the league. Same thing with Dak Prescott. The best Cowboy team was probably twenty sixteen, right? Yeah, that was when they were the number one seed. They had the Packers at home and Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers did things, what Aaron Rodgers was... has done time and again to the Cowboys. That's why I hate that guy. Um, 
But yeah, 2016 was one of those years. And that's, you know, salary cap was different at that point, but 2007 was one of those years where I forgot what Romo's contract situation was at the time, but he wasn't making what he was making towards the end of his career. Yeah, you you, you were able to make moves like, you know, you signed Leonard Davis. Uh, I think Ken Hamlin was a free agent signing at that point. You brought in T.O. Like, you were able to surround your young quarterback with plenty of veteran weapons. And again, the salary cap was totally different back then than it is now because of the way rookie contracts are structured. But you had a window right there. You had Jason Witten and DeMarcus Ware in the primes of their careers, and you didn't do anything with it. And now you had that run where you had a young running back who – at the time, we know the shelf life for running backs is short, right? And Zeke hasn't gotten any significantly better since that 2016 season. It hasn't like he hasn't had this spike in production since then. Dak was a rookie. You had you know you had all the veteran talent around him, and you peed down your leg in the divisional game. Yeah, and the, and to clarify for you know I don't know if it's all on Zeke, but Zeke running behind the best offensive line in 2016. You know, kind of propped him up, kind of crowned him to be the best running back in the league. Because yeah, the same long, thing with DeMarco Murray, right? Twenty fourteen myth, that long running myth that the Cowboys had the best offensive line in football back in twenty sixteen. That was still true. Now it's Philadelphia. Travis Frederick, Tyron Smith in the prime of his career. Doug Free. No, that was post Doug Free. Really? Um, was he retired by then? Yeah, Zach Martin was what second, third year in the league at that point. Zach Martin was. Zach Martin was an all pro was a rookie. So like you you had you had the goods at that point. Yeah, you, you had Lyle Collins yeah, Lyle at that Collins. point. Who gosh, you talk about getting lucky. Like he had the deal where he goes undrafted and you're able to sign him. Like you you had a, a roster that was ready to go that did compete for a Super Bowl and was maybe ready to go win one and you couldn't. And you know, I I will disagree with something Aaron said this morning about the Dak Prescott contract being onerous because at some point here in the next few years when the TV, the new TV rights money kicks in, the salary cap's going to go up, so Dak's contract is still going to be yeah. big. It's just not going to look as bad over the long haul as it does right now, especially if you can get that thing restructured before that new cap money kicks in and the cap increases. I think you're going to be okay as far as what percentage of your cap is being occupied by your quarterback. But that's what makes... Before I'll just make this point real quick. That's what makes what the Chiefs are doing... All the more impressive. Mm-hmm. Because Patrick Mahomes has gotten paid, and they're still able to go compete. Uh, that's why, you know, the Bengals, their window's not going to be open much longer, you'd think, because you're going to have to do a contract for Joe Burrow. T. Higgins is going to have to get paid. Jamar Chase is going to have to get paid. you got a lot of guys on that roster that deserve big-time contracts for the production they've had. That's what makes the Chiefs run so impressive. But, can two things, like the Eagles have rebuilt it the right way, the way they should have. The 49ers, like Jerry made the point, well, San Francisco hadn't won a Super Bowl in 25 years either. <laughs> yeah, they've been to multiple NFC Championship games with two different rebuilds, the Jim Harbaugh rebuild and now the Kyle Shanahan rebuild. They Both those guys at least went to a Super Bowl. They won an NFC Championship game. Again, I was in the sixth grade the last time the Cowboys played in an NFC Championship game. That was a long time ago. So, I don't know, every time Jerry opens his mouth, it's just... It's like it's like the drunk uncle at Thanksgiving who's like, at first he's jovial, and then by the end of the night it's like, dude, he just needs to go find a place to lay down, just sleep this off, because the rest of the family just hates him at this point. It's kind of, as Jerry's tenure as owner and GM continues to go, that's what it feels like to me. People always overreact about 
quarterback contracts. And the salary cap's going up $16 million next year. The new TV deal is going to make it go up even bigger once uh, the NFL decides what they want to do with uh, Sunday Ticket no longer on Direct TV. Probably going to be YouTube TV, and they're probably going to pay a lot of money. So the yeah. salary cap's going to go up, which won't make the DAC contract bad. But, I mean, every time a new quarterback comes in and they have to resign, the the ceiling for that contract gets higher and higher. So in in two, three years, Dak's contract is going to look pretty good once Jalen Hurts gets paid. Uh, once uh, Has Herbert got his extension yet? He has not, no. There you go. He's probably going to— Lamar Jackson's going to get paid this offseason. At some point. Whether it's the Ravens or somebody else. I mean, I feel the same way, Cam, about co- uh, quarterback contracts that I do about college coaches, college football coaches' salaries. Like, oh my gosh, is that guy worth— you know, seven million dollars. Like, is, like is, is Josh Heupel worth seven million dollars a year? Probably not. But the market dictates that way. Yep. That's what he's going to get paid. Yeah. Is Dak Prescott a forty million dollar a year quarterback? I love Dak, but no, he's not a forty forty million dollar a year quarterback. But at the time, that's what the market dictated he was worth. See, you can say the same thing about Derek Carr when Derek Carr got hit. Was Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? Was Kirk is Kirk Cousins a thirty three million dollar a year quarterback? No. But the market dictated that's what he was worth. So Deshaun Watson, the same thing. He's fully guaranteed. People do this every time one of these quarterbacks signs a new deal. And it's just like, I just want to jab an ice pick in my ears. It's not about what you think they are or aren't worth. It's what the market dictates. And what the market dictated for... The Cowboys did that to themselves, by the way, with the Dak contract. They could have done that earlier, like right around the same time the Eagles did did Carson Wentz's deal, and it would have been much more palatable to do it earlier. And then wait, then wait, and you could have reached, you could have done a smaller deal now, or looked to cap, and you could have kept it going, but you waited and you waited and you waited and you waited until the very last minute. I don't know why the Cowboys, the Cowboys are so you know, back ass words in terms of how they do contracts. Like, you, you did the Jalen Smith deal way before you should have done a Jalen Smith extension. You did a Zeke extension when, yep. okay, well, he's going to walk. Let him walk. Let him hold out. It's a running back. He's already played his best football. But no, the Dak contract, you want to wait, you want to wait, you want to wait. You want to trade Amari Cooper before you really have to. Oh, and guess what? By the time the, the summer hit, you would have had enough cap money to keep Amari Cooper around last year. So... It, I don't know, man. Like you said, it's just so frustrating to watch the Cowboys at times. And, and the the damnedest thing, Cam, is like they've, since Will McClay has been taking a bigger role in personnel, their drafts have been really Incredible. good. One of the best drafting teams in the league. Yeah, their drafts have been really good. And you look at the percentage of their roster that's homegrown through the draft, it's really impressive to see what they've done in the draft. But they just can't get that other part figured out. In free agency, the Cowboys have yet to find a happy medium in free agency. Yeah. Either they are way overzealous and trading multiple first round picks for like Joey Galloway or Roy Williams, or just giving absurd contracts to free agents, or they are way too reactive and just kind of sit on their hands and wait and say, Yeah, we'll grab some guys off the scrap heap. Okay, then you then you wonder why when you need your safety play to be elite when it counts late in the year, you wonder why you don't have elite safety play. Because you didn't invest in it. You wonder why your offensive line situation continues to be the way it is. Because you haven't reinvested in it. So, it's like I said, it's frustrating. I could sit here and talk about my frustrations with the Cowboys 
all day, but it is what it is. Man, I really wish we had the Specs text line today. Probably if we had full internet, I probably would have talked about something else that was really boring and not stuck on the Cowboys. But thank you, Cam, for bringing up that stuff that that Jerry said at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, yeah getting getting the rant out. I, I wonder if, because we mentioned the Will McClay part, and he's been such a vital part of the Cowboys building no a doubt. Co- no doubt. roster, but it's like once they get to the point where they have to extend some of these guys, they don't trust themselves to be able to find that need in the draft if they walk. Look at what Belichick did during the prime years of the Pats, right? Drafted really well, and then when it was time to extend and pay the players, he wouldn't because their front office felt comfortable in drafting guys to fill that role. I mean, how you many different who, you know running who else backs? Did that? You know who else did that? The Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. and Bill Cowher were really good about that. Like, I remember those two franchises, whether it was like, I remember it was maybe an offseason or two after the first Super Bowl when the Patriots cut Lawyer Malloy. I'm like, dude, that that's your that's a captain, that's a leader, like that's a dude that's still got good football left to play. Like, how can you let go Laura Malloy? Because Bill Belichick knew Laura Malloy's great, but he's played his best football. Yeah. He's not gonna be as good for the next team as he's been for us. I remember like when the Steelers would make moves like you let Greg Lloyd or Chad Brown, you're letting these big time pass rushers walk. He's like, dude, what are you doing? These guys are so productive. Yeah, well, they've they played their best football. We we're, we're gonna we're gonna reload through the draft. And whether it was James Harrison or Lamar Woodley or whoever, the Steelers were able to replenish themselves with pass rushers, and they won a couple of Super Bowls. That's why the Patriots extended their dynasty. They made really smart moves. And the Cowboys just, I, I don't know, it's almost like Jerry's, I know Jerry gets accused of being, oh, it's almost like the reputation he had early on where he refused to pay guys top dollar or really just, I mean, it was a fight to get like Emmett Smith a new contract, and just really it was like fighting tooth and nail and penny pinching. It's like after that era, he just went completely the other way. Yeah, and you know, I don't know, man. We can talk about the Will McClay piece all we want. We can talk about the Stephen Jones piece all we want, but at the end of the day, Jerry, there's still one guy that has the final say. It almost feels like pro wrestling fans will will feel this. It's almost like what the WWE has been like for about the last 15 years, where it's like, look, you can have the best writers, you can have the best talent relations people, you can have access to this kind of roster, but Vince McMahon has the final say, and if he doesn't like it, you can have the greatest plan in the world, but if he doesn't like it, it's not going to work. Likewise, if you think this plan sucks, but he likes it, that's what you're going to go with at the end of the day. the 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 say, like I do think, though, like you hear about some of the things that have happened in that organization, like, you know, Stephen Jones, Stephen talking Jerry out of drafting Johnny Manziel and taking Zach Martin. Like, it, it is good. It is refreshing to see that there are times where there are smarter people in that organization that can step in and say, no, this is dumb. We are not going to do this. But then you'll do stuff like, all right, well, you know, we're going to. Yeah, because like Jay, Zeke Elliott was a Jason Garrett pick. Like, Jason Garrett really wanted Zeke Elliott. So what do you do? Okay, we're going to do this. This is what the organization wants, right or wrong. They're going to take a running back at four. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, you can mess around with the second-round pick. All right, we're going to take Jalen Smith, who's not going to play for a year. Why? You need a second-round second round pick should be a guy that comes in and, and has a chance to start for you. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't waste your top 100 picks. And But that's kind of been – that second round is really where the – as good as the Cowboys have been drafting, that second round is – that's where they do stuff that gets them in trouble. Like, for every Trevon Diggs or, or good second-round pick they made – you can go find like Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Smith. I think he was third round. Tolbert, Tolbert. Uh, taking Boss Man Fats in the second round, wherever they took him. Yeah, there's just one of those top 100 picks that you're like, yeah, that was a waste. Tristan Hill. Everybody knew Tristan Hill was a bad pick when they made it. 
Connor McGovern. What's Connor McGovern giving you? Oh, he's a backup offensive lineman and a situational fullback. Yeah. Is that really what you had hopes for, for a top 100 pick on the offensive line? No. I really think the Cowboys let the wrong Connor go, but whatever. That's neither Well, if you say that, and Biotich was named to uh, the Pro Bowl as a backup center, so at least Biotich <laughs> kind of found his footing, but yeah, the offensive but, line has got to be something. Dude, the, that, pro, the Pro Bowl, though, Cam, let's be honest, it's one of those things like, yeah, I know, almost, I know. It almost it's feels like a participation. Like the all-star game. It almost feels like a participation trophy at this point. Like, like, dude, how is Tyler Huntley in the Pro Bowl? Is there really no other quarterbacks in the AFC that were viable options? That Tyler Huntley, not that you're playing a Pro Bowl game anyway, but Tyler Huntley gets to say he was a Pro Bowler. Hey, the, the switch to the NBA, Chet Holmgren, who hasn't played a single game, got 10,000 All-Star game votes. So that's what happens when you let people vote for... Uh, for these games. I know you're trying to get people to participate in it, but I, yeah, you can't you can't trust it. But at least it seems like at least the center position is not a huge question mark as it was following Travis Frederick's retirement, early retirement. Yeah, it's it's gotten settled a little bit. Biotis was better this year. But, but it's still a position they have to address. With Terrence Steele, he was out for the entire year. Right tackle was a mess. You can't trust Jason Peters. And it sounds like Tyron Jason Smith. Jason Peters is 40. Of course you can't trust him. It sounds like Tyron Smith may be retiring too. At least the Tyler Smith pick looked like it's going to work out. But True, yeah. You're losing, what, a couple, I mean, Tyron Smith and, and Peters started a couple of big games this yeah, past season, and now expect, that's a, you can't expect Jason Peters to just no. be the ageless wonder. And I, you know, I didn't think the Cowboys would get to a point on the offensive line where, like, man, they really miss Terrence Steele. Yeah, <laughs> that's where you are, but that's where the Cowboys are. All you right. got you got to cut Zeke. It's a ten million dollar dead cap. Cut Zeke. Now we've seen the mock drafts. We've seen the interviews with Bijan. If it was Cowboys picking, picking what twenty eight. If twenty eight comes and Bijan's on the on the I table, he, I don't think he's going to be there. Yeah. at twenty at twenty. The Cowboys are twenty six. Twenty six. I don't think he's going to be there at twenty six. But like, if the guy that to me I would target, if if a running back is, and I think they're going to let Tony Pollard walk because why would you give a running back a second contract? No franchise tag. I maybe, but you know, if like if like a Jameer Gibbs, if Jameer Gibbs is yeah. there at twenty six. Dude, that I would almost have to do that at that point if I'm the Cowboys. Unless, I mean, I still think like offensive line, tight end, because what are you gonna do with Dalton Schultz? Gotta pay him. Offensive line, tight end, running back, those are probably your three biggest needs in the offseason. I mean, depending on what you decide to do with Leighton Vander Esch, off ball linebacker might become one of those positions that you really look yeah. at. And the interior D line too. They had a lot of trouble with the run game. San Francisco finally was able to Put the game away because they were able to run the ball straight down Dallas's throat in that second half. So that's that's a position they traded for Jonathan Hankins or Hawkins, whatever his last name is from from Oakland Hankins, after yeah. after he was let go or he Las was, Vegas. He was, he was good. Hankins was solid, but he got injured for a big stretch of the season and, and missed games where the Cowboys lost. So there's, there's a lot of like every NFL team. There's a lot of need for the Cowboys. It just doesn't seem they can take two steps forward without taking a step backwards at some point with free agency and then, or ridiculous extension. And that division, Cam, it's not getting any worse. Nope. And the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Again, the Giants, depending on what they do with Daniel Jones in the offseason, Brian Dayball's a hell of a coach. That was a hell of a turnaround he made. And honestly, man, Washington, they're, Washington's probably a quarterback away from getting things figured out. I know a lot of franchises can say that, but as much as they've invested in the lines of scrimmage and – you know, with Terry McLaurin, they've got some solid skill players. 
they really are a competent quarterback play away from maybe being a team that can get themselves in the playoffs. Really good defense. Their defensive line. And they, they play without Chase Young for most of the year. Yeah. They're one of the best defensive lines in football. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Like they, they Nasty. Put, put a lot of draft capital into D-line. So uh, we may talk some Cowboys at some point. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not for the rest of the show. But it's good to talk a little NFL because we never get to on the show. Uh, but we got to take a break. Coming back, we've got our Flex update and our second edition of the Longhorn Notebook. We'll do that when we come back on Life of Tower on the Horn. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Light the tower. Back here on Light the Tower, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, Craig Way out today. I uh, don't want to give too much away about what Craig's got going on right now, but let's just say the uh, women's basketball team's having a little difficulty. Just a little. <laughs> getting back to Austin from, from Morgantown. I mean, it's uh, not about the thing, the fast break. It's uh, about getting back to Texas. Yes. Uh, but big win for the women last night, Cam. Yeah. Now I think it's four straight. Haven't lost to a, a ranked team since Louisville when I believe Roy Harmon was injured. It feels like now, of course, they're also alone atop the Big 12 standings, along with the uh, UT men's team, Jeff. We're halfway through, and the Texas Longhorns have the number one team in women's basketball and men's basketball in Big 12. Yep. Play. All right, let's. Uh, I want to get into this. It's a little big picture stuff, but let's go ahead and do this for our flex update this hour. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, so if you want to know more about this, you can go to Horns 24-7 and read The Insider, which was published this morning. It's our weekly collection of team news notes and nuggets. Saying, why are you talking about a Longhorn-related topic for Flex? Well, this week, legislation was filed in the Texas House by Representative Giovanni Capriglione. He's a uh, Republican representative from Southlake that would allow students participating in university interscholastic league activities to earn, quote, compensation for the use of the student's name, image, and likeness, end quote, as long as they are 18 or older and meet UIL academic requirements. Cam, in in essence, you can call uh, House Bill 1802 the Quinn Ewers. Mm. Because remember, this is the big deal why Quinn graduated early and went to Ohio State for a year was because of the big, one of the big NIL deals uh, that he got was was over a million dollars to spend a semester in Columbus. Um, Capriglione told Horns 24-7 that the proposed legislation is a common-sense solution for students who have earned the right to make money off of their name, image, and likeness without having to disrupt their high school educations. Uh, Capriglione's bill calls on the UIL to adopt rules that would prohibit compensation or the promise of compensation from being used to entice students to transfer to a school participating in a UIL activity. I think that's where the 18-plus factor comes in kicks in yeah um according to the bill eligible students wouldn't be allowed to earn an nil money for an endorsement of quote alcohol tobacco products e-cigarettes or any other type 
of nicotine delivery device, anabolic steroids, sports betting, casino gambling, a firearm the student can not legally purchase, or a sexually oriented business. I know some of those, that covers a lot of ground, but that's uh, that's what's being proposed. Cam, I don't hate it at all. Man, whoever you are, if you can make money off your name, image, and likeness, I'm all for you going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, there's 16-year-olds who make money off Snapchat posting. Yeah, So I'm if sure. you can do that, then you, why can you not You can't tell money? me there's like... 15, 16-year-olds that aren't making a fortune on Twitch right now doing There's a gaming ton or whatever. of people making a lot of money off Twitch and social yeah. media, and they're not getting their their head smashed into the ground on fourth and one. So, yeah, if you if we'll see how that plays out and what the UIL ultimately does uh, if this bill ultimately passes. Like, this isn't something that's going to happen tomorrow. For me, it's a step in the right direction. You may look at, oh, this is disrupting the system and whatever, but... No, I I think it's a step in the right direction. Just as long as you, for I mean, for some some of these athletes, Cam, their their highest level of marketability might be when they're in high school. Yeah. So I said the same thing about college nil. Like some guys, their their highest level of marketability might and, and gals too might be when they are in college. It might not be playing a professional sport because they might not be in that league very long. Yeah. So I'm all for it. So any other thoughts on that before we move on? Are you aware if what's the if there's any other similar bills going across the country? I know California, I believe, had one in the works. I'm not sure the update on that. And I think I heard like Kentucky and Florida also. I know that now that everybody, and when I say everybody, state governments have a better feel of what NIL is. I think now you're going to start seeing some of these rules be a little less vague. Yeah. And because none of it, it it's it's as vague as vague gets with the NIL in the last couple. Well, of years. yeah. I mean, I know Rod talked about that a lot when NIL came into play. That the bills were written vaguely for a reason, like because the NCAA wasn't going to do anything about it. So yep. the less red tape there are for colleges to work around, the better off you're going to be. And you can't tell me, look. You can't tell me there aren't legislate there aren't people in the legislature, A and M grads, Texas grads, Texas Tech grads, Baylor grads, say, hey, I can do this as a legal way to help my alma mater win football or basketball games. Hell yeah, we'll pass this really vague bill. Yeah. So everyone wants to wants to become a part of it. My my thought and my curious whether or not what happens when violations start to come down. Because I remember I think it was on Ball Don't Lie when it first hit with with Raj and, and Rod about Miami. And Arge and Rod. Arge and Rod, what did I say? You said Raj. So just Raj. Combine, combine the two. Ball don't lie with Raj. <laughs> with Raj. Miami's boosters were probably coming out on Twitter talking about how much they were given to the players. I mean, think about the Jaden Rashada thing, $13.5 million <laughs> that went down the, the pipe. And I forgot to ask you yesterday in your interview for Texas to not have to play against Jaden Rashad, Rashada next year in Fort Worth. How big of a win is that for Texas to see him go? Arizona State. I don't know that he would have been ready to play right away anyway, but yeah, yeah. it's it's nice not to have to deal with him in either league. You don't have to deal deal with him in the Big 12 or the SEC. Because that's a, the TCU quarterback position is kind of a question mark, right? I'm assuming it's Chandler Morris. Yeah. Is he, is he a seventh-year quarterback? What class is Chandler? Chandler's 2020 class? Because he was SMU before, correct? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. His dad was the head coach at SMU. It's probably where you're getting the Morris from. Mm, Chad Morris okay. was the head coach right. at SMU. That's right. That's right. So Chandler Morris played at Highland Park yep. and then Oklahoma and then transferred to uh, to TCU. 
One last flex thing, Jeff. Uh, last night was the season debut of the Flex ATX show. Sack Lucero will be hosting it all summer long. Of course, we were impeded by blackouts and no power and a lot of other things. So it was our debut. We had a couple guests that were supposed to come on. We couldn't get the phone lines working. That included Coach Drew Sanders out of Vandergrift, an incredible run for them. Hudson Greer, Jeff the Lake Travis, six foot six, four star four, just a sophomore. He has an offer from Texas. He's a lot of fun to watch. And then also uh, Peyton Morgan, the wise safety, who who is his dream is to play at Texas. So those have all been rescheduled to next Wednesday. Sack will be hosting. Nolan Hogan will be co-hosting. I'll be at the UT women's basketball game with Craig Wade and Kathy Harston, putting that on there for you. So all season long, Jeff, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll be plugged all year long, but 7 p.m. Wednesdays, and hopefully we'll have internet, heat, power, all of that stuff sorted out before next Wednesday's show. Very good. Uh, that's going to do it for our Flex segment. Uh, shout out to Brain Vault, great sponsor of this segment. Uh, real quick, I feel like I can share this with the listening audience. Whether we have internet or power in the building to use the text line or whatever, uh, according to Chad Hastings, our fearless leader as the program director, uh, we're good for a couple more days with the uh, backup power we're running right. on. So at the very least, the very least, we can continue doing shows that will air on 104.9 FM. So at least you got that out there, listening audience. And if you're listening right now, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get to the Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It is a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, BowersockTeam.com. She is your home loan expert. Let Aaron do for you what she did for Craig and Linda when they made the move to Georgetown. They have nothing but great things to say about the job Aaron and her team did, making that home loan process seamless and easy and hassle-free. It's BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your home loan expert. All right, I want to tell you to get over to Horns 24-7 for a couple of different things. I mentioned the insider. I'll get to a couple of nuggets in there here in just a second. But Mike Roach has just published my favorite article, articles at Horns 24-7 every year. His two, his big two-part behind-the-scenes articles on how the Texas 2023 class came together, those are up right now at Horns 24-7. So get over there and check that out. That's, that's worth the price of your yearly subscription on the site. So get over to Horns 24-7. Check out that outstanding work from Mike. Uh, Cameron, you want a, a few... Uh, Winter workout nuggets, even though those have been disrupted a little bit. Let's do it. Um, A.D. Mitchell has been just jumped in, been as good as advertised. Uh, So after two weeks of winter conditioning, one source told Horns 24-7 that Texas should have six receivers uh, whose safeties will have to protect against against getting beat deep, if I can read correctly. That would be Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nayer, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Jontae Cook, Ryan Niblett when he gets to campus and Brendan Thompson. Apparently, A.D. Mitchell's been just as good as advertised in terms of his ability to stretch the field. We're going through the PFF numbers, right, just as potent down the field in the vertical game as Isaiah Nayer. And, you know, if Isaiah Nayer has a setback or whatever, if you've got those two guys on your roster, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket in terms of trying to get a vertical guy that can stretch the field and make contested catches down the field. So uh, this is according to a source quote, those six either – have the speed or the size and speed to be problems for the defense on deep roots. Uh, now, with three of the four, with three or four of them on the field together, you can really put the defense in conflict. The early reviews on Mitchell and Cook after two weeks of winter conditioning are extremely positive, according to uh, a source. Cameron, I'm guessing that does not surprise you. No, and I wanted to ask you. I saw a stat from I believe it was yesterday or two days ago about. Uh, Incompletions that were receivers' fault. Um, I think it's for SIS. And 
Quinn Ewers in Texas led the country with 6.33% of incompletions the receiver's fault. Did you see that stat coming out? What, what, what um, did you make of it? Let me look. I think I know which one you're talking about. Let me see. Uh, it was tweeted out by uh, I think Parker O'War. Did, did, did uh, Parker Fleming tweet that out? Yeah, that the TCU. Yeah, yes, I'm trying to find it now that you mentioned it. Yeah, I thought I saw him tweet that. I'll, I'll try to find it, but yeah. Go over that again, Cameron, while I try to find Yeah, it. percent of receivers fall in completions per SIS. So power five quarterbacks, minimum 100, 100 attempts. So it doesn't necessarily it is, mean. Yes. Catchable ball rate. It yep. doesn't mean it, the receiver dropped the ball. It could be various factors pointed in. It could be the route was wrong, wrong. Um, there was a you know miscommunication, et cetera, et cetera. But number one was Quinn Yours, 6.3%. Interesting enough, number two, Cam Rising at Utah, but at 3%. So nearly or 3% or more than yeah. the next second highest quarterback on that list. And that's like when you look at some of these numbers, like yards per play is one. that They're like, well, what's the difference between giving up, you know, five and a half yards of play or five yards of play on defense? I'm like, it's only a half yard. I'm like, yeah, but a half yard per play, it's a lot. Yeah. Like you're an, adds elite, up. you're an elite defense if you're giving up five yards of play. If you're giving up five and a half, now you're teetering on probably middle of the pack. So – that's yeah. That's uh, I had I had seen that. I'm glad you brought that to my attention, Ken. Yeah, we talked about it for a lot of reasons. It wasn't just Quinn. It wasn't just the receivers. Uh, it, it was a little bit of everything. And I, I think too, you know, for Sark having everybody looks at the skill talent that Sark had at Alabama, and say yeah, I mean they they had first round wide receivers and Texas didn't exactly have that right. But you had a first round quarterback in Tua year one for Sark at Bama, and then you had Mac Jones who played his way into being a first round quarterback. So you had, he had been in the system for yeah, three, four years. He had veteran quarterback play. So I would assume I'm I'm gonna give Quinn Ewers the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be yeah. better as, as he gets further along. Now it's on him to do the work and put the work in, but I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that he's gonna be better. Uh, you know what? We've got some other winter workout notes, but I'm gonna save these maybe for tomorrow because I got a feeling if we don't have specs text line or phones, we're gonna need them. So well uh We'll shelve the rest of this. Get over to Horns 24-7 if you missed any of that or you want to check out the full edition of The Insider or that two-parter from Mike Roach on how the 2023 recruiting class for Texas came together. We'll take a break, come back, close out this edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. All right, so as we close out, light the tower, get you ready for Chad and Zay. Cam, we are good to go tonight uh, with Longhorn Weekly. Yes, sir. Pluckers has power. They have wings. They have cold beer. Everything you want. Check now, them out. Roger Wallace probably will be filling in for Craig Way, as we mentioned. Uh, UT Women's having a little bit of issues yeah. getting back to uh, Austin on time. So, But, uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, and honestly, I don't. I was going to say Craig may or may not be in tomorrow because I don't know what the travel itinerary is for the men getting out to go to Manhattan. Kansas, yeah. So uh, Craig may or may not be in tomorrow. It may just be me and Cam winging it once again tomorrow. Cam, you were awesome today, man. I appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate it. And, of course, it'll be Corey Gidry tomorrow. Oh, I'll be yeah. in San Antonio broadcasting That's the right. you got swim, 6A swim. regional swimming and diving. So hey. Westlake listeners out there, Lake Travis listeners out there, uh, com will have uh, the swimming meet for you. Barcasted all day live, Friday and Saturday. Real quick, I, I wanted to mention this because I haven't had a chance to. Those of you listening on 104.9, I appreciate it. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk about this, and now I'm, I feel like I'm at a point where I can, and I wanted as little time in case uh, I can't get through it. 
Um, I had been keeping everybody updated on my dog, Molly, uh, 16-year-old lab, and she had been had she'd had a couple of vestibular strokes oh, and man. and had another one uh, right after Christmas and it was the week leading up to the first week of January leading up to Texas play the men played in Stillwater that Saturday and leading up to Saturday we just had a really rough like 72 hours and she just wasn't getting better from this and uh I want to thank everybody that sended, you know, thoughts and prayers on the text line or, or tweeted to me. But uh, like I said, I'm just now at a point where I can talk about this on the air. Uh, we had to put we had to put Molly the dog down. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, I know everybody's probably says this about a dog that they lose. But really, um, you know, for 16 years, you talk about a dog that was your best friend, uh, just the best ultimate protector of our family. Uh, it's been weird without her at the house and just her idiosyncrasies that, like I said, for 16 years, you just get so used to. Um, but, you know, I wrote a, a little tribute to her on, on my Facebook page. Those of you who are Facebook friends with me probably saw it, but uh, it was really, really rough for our family. But, you know, we're getting through it. Uh, we still got our our 13-year-old lab, Daisy, and, and our cat, uh, Mr. Smudge, who's kind of an a-hole, but we love him. Uh, but, no, Molly will be missed, and I just I, I wanted to get that out there because I wanted to say thank you to everybody that, that reached out to me while she was sick, and I was providing updates, and uh, there's a reason why I hadn't updated in a while. So, um, you know, once we get the text line back or whatever, we can continue talking about it, or if anybody wants to hit me up on Twitter about it, um, you know, I'll discuss it there, but it's... It was a really big deal, but I mainly main thing I just wanted to say was thank you uh, to all the listeners out there who had sent well wishes. Anytime I'd said, "Hey, Molly was sick again and had to go to the vet or whatever," and there were some shows that I was either late for or missed because we were doing vet appointments. So, just thanks everybody for that. Cameron, great job today, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Sixteen years of a good life. A great I, can, life. I can imagine. Awesome life. Love that dog to death, and always will. Uh, forever, my uh, my big girl and my old girl. Uh, Corey will be in tomorrow producing. Maybe we get Craig, maybe we don't, but I will be here tomorrow for Cam, for Craig. I'm Jeff. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow to light the tower on the horn, live, local, and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com.